Today is part three of our Advent series, and uh, in part one, we looked at the unexpected son. You know, where you know Abram and Sarah, they had no hope of having a child, not when you're 190 years old, respectively. How many 190-year-old couples do you know that have recently had a baby? Anyone? No. Okay. It doesn't happen. And so, of course, Abraham wasn't counting on having a baby either, but Isaac was born, an unexpected son. And in God's promise to Abraham to give him a son was also a promise to bring about someone from his descendants in whom all the families of the earth would be blessed. So it's not just about Isaac. He's going to get a son and then he's going to have, you know, more and more descendants. But wrapped up in that promise of Isaac was a promise of someone to come from his loins, from his descendants, who would be a blessing, not just to Israel, not just to the nation that God is going to raise up from Abraham, but to the whole world. And so Isaac's birth pointed to Jesus. In part two last week, we looked at the birth of Moses, the unexpected prince. (laughs) And in his birth, his mother did not need a miracle like Sarah did, She did not need a miracle to fall pregnant and have a child, but she needed the miracle to keep that boy alive. Because in a time when Jewish boys were being killed, she needed God's intervention to keep her son alive. And and, and how's that, eh? God orchestrates things that uh, Pharaoh's daughter finds him, likes him, keeps him, adopts him. (laughs) And in a time where Jewish boys were being killed, Pharaoh is raising up a Jewish boy in his palace to become a prince in Egypt. Mm. All right? Moses was a prince in Egypt, but Jesus is the prince of peace for the whole world. Moses gave the laws of the old covenant and implemented a Passover celebration to remind the Jews of their deliverance from slavery in Egypt. But Jesus, he brought about the new covenant based on the law of love and implemented the Lord's table or communion to remind believers of all nations. Amen? Of their deliverance from the bondage to sin. And at each of these births, we see divine intervention and miracles taking place. And the same will happen in the birth we're going to look at today. Today, in part three, we will look at the unexpected prophet. The unexpected prophet. And now we move to the New Testament. And uh, today, we're going to look at the birth of John the Baptist. We find his story in the book of Luke. Uh, The story of John the Baptist is directly linked to the story of the birth of Jesus. Other gospel writers mention John the Baptist, but Luke goes into detail and he gives us the background story of John the Baptist, who he was. And so we see that John the Baptist was not born to just any family. He was born to a humble and devout family, a priestly family, which means that both John and his relative Jesus all descended all the way back to Aaron, Moses' brother, 
who became the first priest in Israel. So this whole priestly family, all these descendants, eventually brings us to John the Baptist and Jesus, both of them descendants from that line. Like Jesus, John's birth was also announced by an angel, the angel Gabriel. Just like Gabriel announced to Mary that she was going to have a baby, Gabriel announced to Zechariah, John's father, that he was going to have a baby. Now, when, when Zechariah received this announcement, he was a little bit surprised. Now, you must understand that when, when Zechariah received this news, he was an elderly man, and so was his wife. His wife Elizabeth had endured a lifetime of shame. Because you must understand, back in those days, in that culture, <laughs> a, a woman's primary function was to give birth to kids. Hopefully a couple of boys to take on the family name. And when a woman could not have a child, she was literally shamed. People would go, oh, shame. And they would look down on her as if there was some kind of a curse or something upon her. So Elizabeth is now an old lady. She's had a lifetime of shame. But guess what? She and her husband remained faithful to God. As one of the priests, every now and then it would be his turn to go and serve in Jerusalem at the temple. So he'd go all the way from Judea up to Jerusalem and you would do his time and go inside the temple and do the offerings and so forth. And it was during one of these times when he was in the temple that Gabriel appeared to him and announced that he was going to have a baby. And now when he heard the news... Even though it was coming from an angel, Zechariah did not believe. Huh? Can you believe it? And, and I think I can because, come on guys, let's be honest. How many times don't you doubt the word of God sometimes? You read the Bible and there's a promise and you go, eh, maybe it was for them, not for me. And you find an excuse not to believe. Zechariah is a priest. He knew the scriptures. He knew that once upon a time, an old man and an old woman called Abraham and Sarah had a baby. So when he gets this announcement, it's nothing new. It's happened before. It could happen again. <laughs> but he doesn't believe. Had he forgotten? Or was he just being like one of us who said, oh, that was for them. Can't be for me. It was God's special favor upon those guys. And yet, here's an angel talking to the man, and he doesn't believe. But what God promises, he fulfills in his own time. And so, in spite of Zechariah's initial unbelief, because eventually he did believe, but in spite of his initial unbelief, John was born. And among the things that Gabriel told Zechariah, we read in Luke 1.15 that he said, this to him. In, in verse 15b, the angel said to him, he, John, will also be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. Did you see that? He will be filled with the Spirit even from his mother's womb. Now, as far as I know, guys, from the Word of God, from the Bible, the Holy Spirit only fills people comes upon persons 
And so when people come to you and say, oh, an unborn baby is just a fetus, it's not a person, so it's okay to discard, just flush it out if you don't want it. Be aware. We are playing with holy things. A baby in the womb is a person. Mm. And a person can be filled with the Holy Spirit. And as we shall see later, John was filled with the Holy Spirit and he responded in the womb. Another thing he said in, verse, in, in, in Luke 1, in verse 17, the first part of the verse, it says, He, John, will also go before him, before Jesus, in the spirit and power of Elijah. So John is going to go before Jesus. He's going to open the way for Jesus. He's going to proclaim, almost like Herod, hey, he's here, he's coming. He's going to go before Jesus. All right? Well, Elizabeth became pregnant. And later, when the angel Gabriel came to Mary and visited Mary, he told Mary that her relative Elizabeth was pregnant. Now, nobody knew about this because when Elizabeth became pregnant, she kind of hid herself for five months. She didn't go about, hey, I'm pregnant, pregnant. Nobody would believe her. So <laughs> she just kind of stayed quietly in her home and kept about her business until people could definitely see that this old lady is pregnant. And then she came out and people were, whoa, holy God. Eh? So she stayed away. So nobody knew about this. But the angel told Mary, and so Mary went down all the way from Nazareth, all the way down past Jerusalem, all the way to Judea, to visit her relative, Elizabeth. So, let's read what happened when they met. We're going now to Luke chapter 1, verses 39 to 56. Luke chapter 1, verses 39 to 56. Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. All right? I want you to picture this, okay? She arrives, she's family. Back in those days, they didn't have security fences and doors and bells and cameras and things to keep people away. All right? When you arrived, the doors opened, you kind of went in. And if you're family, you went right in. Hello, Elizabeth. <laughs> and so she went in and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Hey, how's that? See, the Spirit of God was in John, in the womb. And it overflowed to his mother Elizabeth when he reacted to this greeting of Mary. 42. And then she, Elizabeth, she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you, Mary, among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Who told Elizabeth? Elizabeth knew nothing about Mary until Mary walks in. What's happening here? Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit and she's prophesying. She's having words of knowledge over here. Speaking things she did not know a second before. Now she's declaring it by the power of God. 
That Mary is the mother of a savior. That Mary is pregnant. And remember, this is in the early days of Mary's pregnancy. Nobody knows that Mary is pregnant. She's not showing anything. So it's not like Elizabeth, look, Mary, you're pregnant. No, she couldn't see anything. It's the spirit of God in her. Verse 44, for indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. <laughs> Blessed is she who believed. For there will be a fulfillment of those things which are told her from the Lord. It says contrasted to Elizabeth's husband who heard and did not believe. She declares here, Mary, you heard and believed because Mary did. Vote 46. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. For he has regarded the lowly state of his maid servant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me and holy is his name. And his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. As he spoke to our fathers, to Abram and to his seed forever. And Mary remained with her, with Elizabeth's about three months and then returned home well in, in today's passage we see the, the 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 meeting this meeting of two humble and two shamed women that's why mary says he's lowly servant they were humble and they were shamed but god had chosen these two women humble and shamed to begin the transformation of the world. Why, why do I say shamed? Well, both of them were shamed. One, because she had been barren her whole life. She's been shamed her whole life. The other, Mary, because she's pregnant out of wedlock. She was shamed. In fact, they accused Jesus of that later in his ministry. And people never forgot that Mary became pregnant before being married. They never forgot that. That's another story. And so in the eyes of the community, they look down at this woman. How can she get pregnant before being married? How can she not have a baby? She must be cursed or something. Shamed. And yet God uses this shamed woman to begin the process of transformation to, uh, in, to the world. And yet although they were shamed, they were both experiencing miraculous pregnancies. One because she was old and she's not supposed to have a baby. The other one because she's a virgin, not supposed to have a baby either. And yet both of them are pregnant. Hallelujah. At this point, Elizabeth's about six months pregnant. And Mary hasn't told anyone what has happened. And of course, and hearing Mary's voice, you know, John leaps in his mother's womb. And the Holy Spirit fills first John and then his mother. And she recognizes the mother of Jesus as the precious long child, long promised child that God had promised. And she begins to prophesy. You see, John's reaction to Mary's word fulfills Gabriel's prophecy that from the womb you would be filled with the Holy Spirit. Coming true. 
through the spirit she knows who mary's child will be elizabeth knows whose mary's child will be and she calls mary you are the mother of my lord hallelujah her promise will soon that her prophecy will soon be fulfilled when her own son john prepares the way for the lord as prophesied when gabriel spoke to zechariah he will open the way he will proclaim he will make the way amen john the baptist grew up to become more than just a preacher he stood in the tradition of the prophets of the old testament by proclaiming the word of god boldly under the anointing of the holy spirit he had the same fervor he used the old testament kind of pictures that the old testament prophets used and of course he wasn't very well liked just like the old testament prophets were not very well liked and until today <laughs> and whenever somebody proclaims the word of god with boldness some people like a lot of people don't still today <laughs> not much has changed and through the preaching through his preaching and through his prophesying he made the way for jesus the, Mes the messiah and he made the way for the new covenant now we need to keep in mind folks that when john started preaching and prophesying there had been a prophetic silence in israel of 400 years after malachi prophesied and wrote down his his word there was silence no more god anointed prophets there were preachers there were revolutions there were people who thought that they would liberate israel there were many battles a lot of things happened during those 400 years they went from being under the babylons to being under the greeks to being under the romans there were a lot of things going on and history tells us all that but there was no prophetic word of god no supernatural input into israel until the day when gabriel met with zechariah in the temple and then he moved to mary and the whole process begins again so as john is preaching he's preaching in the tradition of the old testament prophets full of anointing full of boldness full of authority and it could challenge those religious leaders and it could call the people to repentance and many of them responded to john's word and so as john comes into the scene and then later jesus well reminder of what it says in in hebrews chapter 1 verse 2 that god spoke in time past by the prophets but in these last days he has spoken by the son now, of course this was written in the first century so jesus had just been on the scene these last days but for us we know that from the time that jesus came we are living in the period called the last days so where are we today in 2022 we are in the last of the last days and next year we shall speak a bit more about that john was an unexpected prophet after 400 years of silence suddenly this strange man comes on the scene he's got a strange diet he talks in funny ways he's bald he's crazy 
He's out there in the bush, in the fields. But people are coming to him because he's giving them hope. And today, in a world which is getting more and more filled with the spear, the world needs hope. And church, you and I, we have hope. We cannot give up on that hope. John spoke with authority and conviction because from his mother's womb, the Spirit of God had been upon him. And even while in his mother's womb, he was pointing to Jesus. Then as a grown man, he points to Jesus. And the day he sees Jesus coming, he points to him and says, There is the one I've been talking about. There he is. Listen to him. Follow him. Hallelujah. And the rest, as you say, is history. <laughs> Amen. Jesus came. He fulfilled his calling. As a preacher and prophet, John declared, He who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He are baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire. And then, speaking of John, Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. So in his humble ministry, and in his humble life, John was greater than all the other prophets, all the other men. Why? He fulfilled a very specific role. Okay, guys, listen. How does John's birth and pointing to Jesus relate to you and I here today? And that's very important. Well, number one, I mentioned earlier, his birth and other births in the Bible. Let, let's talk about John specifically. It shows to us the sanctity of life and of pregnancy. When you are pregnant, you've got life inside of you. Nurture it. Amen. Number two, you see, it's interesting, but perhaps not surprising that John was called from his mother's womb. But it's not surprising because in Scripture, you often find God calling children. In, in fact, Jeremiah writes the following in Jeremiah 1 verse 5. God spoke to Jeremiah and he said the following, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Huh? Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. Now listen, we shouldn't read this and imply that we are all called to be prophets from our mother's womb. No, not, of, not all of us are, but I'll come back to that just now. But I do believe this. All of us have a calling of God from our mother's womb. Because the Bible says that God is the one that knits us together in our mother's womb. Now, some of us will follow God and glorify his name. He has given all of us gifts, and all of you have gifts and talents and abilities. You can do some things which your friends cannot do. You're good at some things which your friends are not good at. And you keep on looking at your friends and saying, Oh, I wish I could do that like he does. And meantime, he's looking at you and says, I wish I could do that like you do. <laughs> because we're all unique. The question is, what are you going to use your gifts and talents for? For your own personal gain? For your own personal pride? For your own glory? Or are you going to use your gifts and talents for his glory? Huh? You don't have to be a preacher to bring glory to God. God is looking for believers, for followers in all spheres of life. 
to bring godly principles, godly values to every sphere of life. No matter what you do. But number two, God is also looking for people to be his missionaries. His spokesperson. You don't have to go and eat locusts and scream like John the Baptist did in your workplace. But God can use you to help somebody get closer to Jesus. God can use you where you work, where you play, where you go to school, you know, where you do gym, around your family, around your friends. He can use you to tell somebody that Jesus loves them. He can use you to help somebody come closer to Jesus. Those guys that you know, even if you pay them, they won't come to church service. But you're right there where they are. And so God calls us. The Bible says that we are a royal priesthood. A royal priesthood. If you're a child of God, you belong to a group of people called royal priesthood. So even you, 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 although you might not have had a calling when you're a baby or when you're a child, the moment you give your life to Christ, you've got a calling. You've become a royal priesthood. That means you are kings and priests. Amen? We ought to have an influence, rule. Have an influence in your sphere of influence. Have a godly influence. And be a priest. Intercede for the people that you know. Pray for them. And always, whenever possible, share the word of God with them. That's a calling for all of us. Not just for John the Baptist. For the preachers, for the prophets. But for every believer. Now, do you believe that? (laughs) You see, this is the part where we become like Zechariah. No, Valdir, no, 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 no. Kings and priests prophesying, preaching, praying. That's for you guys. God has called you guys. He has just called me to be a good person, not to kill anybody while I'm on this earth. You know, come to church as much as I can, give my offerings, and that's about all I can do. And I become like Zechariah. You don't want to believe what the message of God is telling you. And I know it's difficult sometimes because... We tend so much to look at our own limitations. I can't do this. I can't do that. If I was going to look at my limitation years ago when I began to sense the calling of God, I would never have become a preacher. I'm an introvert. I'm shy. I stuttered a little bit. I cannot stand looking at crowds. And then God puts me in front of crowds. Puts me in front of schools with with a thousand kids in front of me. And other funny opportunities. And you know why I can do it? Because of the Holy Spirit. In me. And you know why you can do it? Because the Holy Spirit in you. But you're never going to find that out unless you do it. God doesn't give me the boldness to do what I'm doing when I'm out there waiting. It's when I step up and I start doing it, that's when the boldness comes. That's when the ability comes. That's when the anointing comes. Not before. And it's only when you start stepping out. I remember the first times I tried to, to, to share the gospel with my school friends. It was amazing. I felt so helpless. And yet as I started talking to them, God would remind me of scriptures and remind me of things. And I could have these long conversations. At the end, I said, where did that come from? You see, once you step into the obedience and the calling God has on your life, that's when you see the results. Hello? Amen? 
That goes for all of us. And so, remember this. Now, another thing we, 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 are, we are getting here today is this. Not only that as believers you are royal priesthood, but that from the womb God has given gifts and, and, and abilities. But for those of us who are parents, from what we have heard today, we can take this as an opportunity to recognize that Jesus is working in the children, in our church, in the children of our families, those of you online, those of you here. We need to understand from the story, we need to realize and understand from the story and others in the Bible. God called Samuel as a young boy. Jeremiah from his womb. John from his womb. Mom's womb. Jeremiah from his mother's womb, not from his womb. A bit difficult to do that, you know. But what I'm saying is God very often speaks to children. As parents, we need to be aware of that. And God is working right now in our families, in our children, as well as in us. Parents, your children are never too young to start hearing about God or to sense the presence of God. And that is why it is important that even from pregnancy, parents expose their unborn child to godly influence. You do this through, through Christian music, by being present in, in church meetings, and as a husband and wife praying for your child and then later with your child. Speak to them in the womb and when they are outside the womb. Expose them to godly influence. Amen. We have some children with us today in our service. So why don't we spend some time today just praying for them. As we remember what God did through John. And he's calling from his mother's womb. Why don't we spend some time today blessing our children. And why don't we spend some time today praying for the older kids, the adults, the young adults, the adults, and the senior adults, because we are never too old to be used by the Lord. Amen? Shall we do that? Let's all stand up. And if you have your child with you today, I want you maybe to put your child on the chair or something, and, and, and if you're a near a child or something, I want you just to, 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 to put your hands on, on your child. If you're holding that, so you're already touching them, holding them. I want to make a special prayer for all the children, all our kids, kids, church kids here today. I want to pray for all of them. And then I'm going to move on to all the other ages, okay? So everybody get prayed for. Nobody's being left out this morning. But move around. If there are some kids without parents here, just bless them as well, touch them, and make sure every child has a hand on them. Are you sure? Okay. All the kids. Amen. Beautiful. There you go. They can have more than one hand. It's okay. Praise the Lord. Father God, I want to pray your blessing upon every child here today. Those of you at home, if your kids are with you, just stretch your hands and touch them as well. If you're listening to this and there's a child next to you, just stretch your hand and touch that child. Father God, I thank you for all these children here present, those online, Lord God. Lord, they are precious. And we acknowledge from your word today, Lord, that it is your pleasure to call children unto your service, Lord God, to call children into the kingdom and to be workers of the kingdom of God. And so, Lord, we thank you for each one of these children here today, and we pray your special blessing and anointing upon them in Jesus' name, Lord. 
We pray for your protection upon them, Lord God, over every trick of the devil these days to distract children, to draw them away from the kingdom of God. We break the power of the enemy upon them in Jesus' name. We say, Satan, you shall not steal these children from the kingdom of God. But they will grow to be men and women of valor. Young men, children, teenagers, and young men and inventory adults that serve you and the kingdom of God, Lord. Thank you for anointing upon them your wisdom, your blessing for open doors of favor upon their lives, Father. And so we bless our kids this morning. We bless our children this morning in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we thank you, Father, and we pray for all the teenagers, adolescents, young adults, the adults, Lord God, and our senior members. Lord, we all need you, and we know that you can use all of us. Lord, we repent, Father, from all the excuses we put up before you when you call us. Sorry, Lord, that we often disqualify ourselves from your service. But we pray today, Lord God, that you will use us like Isaiah said, Lord, here I am, Lord, send me. And there where you are, Lord, there where we work, there where we study, there where we do our life. Lord, use us, we pray. That as we go into the new year, Lord God, we will join you, Lord God, join hands with you to reach out and bring in the harvest. We'll join hands with you, oh God, and help others come to know Jesus We'll join up with you, Lord God, and not only become better disciples, but become disciple makers as well, Lord God, as we help others find the love of God, find salvation, find deliverance, find healing. And we pray this, Lord, in Jesus' name. And all those who believed said, Amen. 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 You believe that? Come on, give God a praise. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, that was John the Baptist. Next Sunday, we're going to be focusing on the greatest birth of all as we celebrate Christmas. So we hope to have you with us online, in person. And those of you going away on holiday, have yourselves a wonderful time. May you be safe on the roads. And remember, wherever you go, you're taking us with you, okay? So we'll join you Sunday morning online, and you're going to celebrate Christmas together. Amen? May the love of God the Father, the grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the precious Holy Spirit be with you all in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. Have a great Sunday. Amen. <laughs>